Jesus Radio. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Sweet Jesus Radio. Coming to you from the Meditation Studio. Again, we have a very special guest in the house tonight. Our guests, I'm going to actually read it from what I see on, on her Facebook page. Our guest is a, a mother, business owner, alternative therapist, and human. Yep. <laughs> Guys, uh, I want to I welcome to the show Luciana Garcia. Yes. Welcome Thank to the you. show. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. And I am a human. Yeah, human. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while. Again, I think it'll be cool for the listeners to learn about all the different things you know about meditation and your holistic healing and all the different things that you're educated on. So again, thank you for being on the show. Like I told you before, and again, to the listeners, we're going to go into your background a little, maybe your childhood, your teenage years. And then maybe go into some of your education, your travels, your many travels, because according to Facebook, you've been all over the place, Yep. right? To That's an understatement, I guess. Especially recently. Yeah. yeah. All mm-hmm. right. All right. So again, we'll talk about all that. Uh, so again, let's start with, we'll start with your background. Can you kind of talk to us about, and again, I like to kind of, you don't have to make it short. So give long <laughs> answers if you want. Don't ever feel like you're rambling or anything. Uh, or anything like that so with your background talk about your childhood where you grew up where you were born what your life how life was like at home your parents your brothers sisters things like that school so if you can go ahead and start with that yep uh so well right now i live in in el paso texas but i'm actually from mexico city okay so i was born in mexico city um and i lived there until i was eight years old you know my lifestyle when i was younger was actually very blessed you know with my both of my parents we were blessed that my dad had a really good business so we mm. had a little bit of a spoiled right. uh, yeah, childhood <laughs> which off. came to an end when my parents got divorced oh, but no. that was part of of kind of i think part of who makes me who i am today because i learned that contrast yeah and i was a very very shy little girl like okay. i was always that little girl hiding behind my mom's leg you know and Aww. At family reunions, I didn't want to say hi to anybody, um, but it was good. It was good. And now, you know, I talk a lot, even though sometimes <laughs> people think that I'm very shy. If I start talking, I can talk a lot. And even in my classes, you know, a lot of times I'm talking in front of people. Now I give workshops Yeah. and I used to be so shy. Wow. Um, when I was in seventh grade, I think the first time I had to do a presentation in front of the class, I stood up. And I just started crying oh, and man. everybody just looked at me. Some people laughed and I didn't even like run off back to my seat. I just stayed, there, stayed crying there until the teacher gave me permission to sit down. Oh, She's wow. like, we can do your presentation another day. <laughs> and now I just talk a lot and I feel very confident talking in front of people. So how did it. you overcome the shyness? I don't know. I think it just happened. And now, well, now as an adult, a lot of the techniques that I even teach my students with meditation mm. and things like that, of facing emotions and facing, facing shame and things like that. But I think it just happened little by little. Okay, okay. Um, later in life, well, I came from uh, Mexico. We moved to Juarez when I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. And then with my mom and her family. And that was like a weird time. When I was 11, we moved to El Paso. Um, and I remember I used to only speak Spanish. That was another thing. Wow. Now, every time that I teach a class, I teach my classes in English. Because I have a choice. I could teach yeah. the Spanish ones. And I'd rather do it in English. And that was another thing. I used wow. to hate speaking English. My teachers had to force me. That was part of why I was crying that, <laughs> you know, that day. So it's weird. I've changed a lot. And then um, in high school, now people see me sometimes as very reserved, kind yeah. of shy. But I was super, super gothic. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. We're going to have to get you to post <laughs> some pictures. <laughs> yes. I had like, I used to wear like red eyeliner. So my eyes would look kind of red, wow. like bloody. I and I used to it. wear, yeah, like um, contact lenses that were almost white, but they were blue. <laughs> so I would look super it's freaky. Hardcore. Black hair, always dressed in black, which sometimes I still do. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of intense. So I've changed a lot. I know the viewers <laughs> probably don't know me, but if you meet me, now you're going to know a lot. Yeah. Uh, why El Paso? How come you guys came here? Well, my mom's family is in Juarez. Oh, and okay. then my mom, for... 17 years, she worked for the Mexican consulate um, here in El Paso and okay. then in California. So she was working for Mexico here, and that's why we came here because oh, okay. of her job. 
Gotcha, gotcha. And and with the gothic stuff, did kids pick on you, or was it a, a gothic uh, dominant school? Was that a, well, a cool no, thing? No, there? no, nobody picked <laughs> on me. It, it was actually, I think it was more of a cool thing. Well, yeah. I have to say, now that I'm older and I really don't care, it was more like a poser thing. Because oh, I, yeah. I knew the Britney Spears songs, you know what I mean? <laughs> I would listen to the radio, but I would dress gothic. gothic. All right. or, yeah. or did you call it Victorian? No, we were the freaks, you know, and we, we like being called freaks. Yeah. I don't know why. You're proud of it? <laughs> kind Do of. you still stay in touch with some of those uh, oh, kids? Yeah. Yeah? yeah, everybody has changed. They're not, none of them are gothic anymore. They're all preppy and stuff. They, they wear suits to work and yeah. stuff. <laughs> it was fun. I do have pictures. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, wow. You should share some with your, with your uh, customers and stuff. I'm sure yeah. they'd get a kick out of it. Yeah. Or do you think, <laughs> you think that you're good or bad for business? <laughs> bad <laughs> i already have to educate people about what i do yeah so yeah that's funny hilarious cool okay so there was that so coming out of high school what came after that well actually i mean um what i do i don't think you fully um with my little yeah. intro on facebook it, we didn't um say that but now i own a meditation studio and yeah. i offer different forms of alternative therapy okay and it's actually even though a lot of the forms of alternative therapy that i um that i provide or that we use for a lot of people are new many many people are really especially now interested in learning how they can manage anxiety stress depression naturally yeah but with that said i started meditating actually when i was 15 so about my mm. gothic years okay. <laughs> but let me tell you something another another thing um i i actually started i used to play with dolls all the way until i was like 14 <laughs> <laughs> and then i went to gothic like there was no transition it's like <laughs> Overnight. I was very, very innocent, and and I don't know, like I was living in a fantasy. And then world. you started hanging out with the wrong crowd. No, no I'm just I kidding. Think it was the right crowd. But then that's when I started meditating. I've always been interested in meditation. I found my first teacher back then, um, and I really enjoyed it. How it did was, you find them? Well, she was actually my friend, this, this oh, gothic okay, cool. friend, mom. Like oh, she used wow. to hold, and she still does meditation classes at her house. Oh, cool. And I just loved it so much. And I really didn't even know what it was or what it could help me for. Mm -hmm. But I always enjoyed it. You were drawn to it for some reason. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, so then, so so at this point, I mean, you're late teen, obviously, coming out of high school. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about, let's say, what, what happened after that? Was it, did you further your education? Were you, did you go to college? Or? Yes, when I graduated high school, I actually started going here just to EPCC okay. to get all my basics. And when I was probably 21 is when I moved to Florida to work for Disney World. Oh, wow. So I was there for a little bit. I worked for Disney. It was one of the best times in my life. Oh, yeah? Um, it's kind of crazy. I don't know if you've ever Florida? met any. No, working for Disney oh. World for the college program. Have you ever? No, 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 no. Yeah. Why is that? There's, Why is it crazy? Well, um, I don't know if you knew about it, but it's Disney has a college program where anybody that's going no. to university, you can for a semester or for a year apply and you go to a paid internship to Florida to work for Walt Disney oh, World. Oh, wow. That's cool. But what happens is that you move into apartment complexes with people from all over the world and all over the U.S. Wow. that are around in their early 20s doing the same thing that you're doing. So it it's, creates a crazy environment. There's a <laughs> lot of, um, but it's really fun and it's, Everybody's very responsible, but on the same side, there's a lot of parties and it's a lot of, I don't know. What's, a, what's some of the crazy things that happen there? Well, the only thing I can tell you, there's always a party going on. And then everybody works. Disney is super busy on the weekend. So everybody parties Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You walk into a party and there's people from all over the world. Really? You know, your roommates, one of them is French. The other one's from China. The wow. other one's from Colombia. That's pretty cool. You meet a lot, a lot of people. So you got exposed to a lot of different personalities, backgrounds, cultures, yes. things of that nature. And everybody's young, you know, yeah. their early 20s. Wow. And then they also have, yeah, people just from everywhere. That's crazy. How long did you do that for? I actually only did it for a semester. So it was oh, okay. like five months. And then I got back. And then back to El Paso. And I back to El Paso. And then I started, right before I started working, um, actually going into back to school I started working as a bartender at a oh. place called Chicks. Chicks, that sounds familiar. 
Yeah. I always for, also forgot to tell you that I sing and I play guitar. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, wow. So I also did some shows here and there since I composed my own music. I did not know that. And that happened probably in the middle between playing with dolls and <laughs> becoming <laughs> gothic. I started to play the piano and I started to write songs. Wow. I actually decided to learn to play the piano because I had this natural thing of wanting to express what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started composing even before I learned other people's songs. Wow. How, how did you learn that in high school or as far as um, instruments and whatnot? Well, I had a piano at my house and I just, oh, okay. yeah. So you just and then I taught myself to play, play the guitar. Oh, really? How do you mm -hmm. teach yourself? YouTube the videos? Internet, or what? Yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't YouTube. <laughs> it was back like YouTube. Then. Yeah. It's not that long ago, but no, it was just, you know, I just looked online. Yeah. I would do, like, I would look for a song that I really loved and then I would look for the chords and I would look mm -hmm. for the pictures. Just master that one and then. And it would hurt. Like, yeah. it really hurts to play the Your guitar. Your fingers, really? Yeah. yeah. I've never heard that. But, so, piano, guitar, you have all these hidden talents that you're not yeah. telling me about. Yeah. I remember, because when I was at Disney World, that was uh, one of the things that I did. Oh, okay. Uh, I was, and, I don't, and when I started working at that bar that I told you as a bartender. Chicks. Yeah, I had an opportunity to sing there. So, okay, so you would do, would you do acoustic stuff? Yeah, or, yeah? just me and my guitar. What are some of the songs that you covered? <laughs> I did sang you do a lot originals? of... Well, my originals and then my music is kind of slow and a little dramatic and a little like deep. So a lot yeah. of like I, I do Jewel. Oh, cool. Foolish Games. That's yeah. All right, a song right. that I always sing. <laughs> um, things like that and music in Spanish. Okay. Like who? Some bands. Name some bands. Um, in Spanish? Yeah. Is it like rock in Espanol or? Yeah, more like rock in Espanol. Um. They dragged me one time too. They didn't drag me, but I mean, I went to a show. Uh, Rake. Or Rake. Mm -hmm. R-E-I-K. Am I yeah. saying it right? I've yeah. seen them at the so like Socorro them? Entertainment. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm open to a lot of different types of music. So yeah, it was pretty cool. But that's the only one I can see. Oh, no, a long time ago, my friend, he insisted that I go see, and he paid for me, uh, Café Tacuba. <laughs> Oh, I love so I saw, saw them where Tricky Falls is at now. It was something else back then. So I seen them, Rake, and yeah, I think that's where I it, love Cafe <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a time, like they're one of my favorite bands. Now. Yeah, There was good. a time where I cried and I was all the way at the front at the, oh, really? at the concert. Just like, <laughs> just crying because I love them. Where was this at? I think in Juarez. Oh, really? Also at some point in between those yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> 20-something, like 21 or something, yeah. That's crazy. Okay, so... Okay, so you come back and then you're bartending. Do you still have those skills, the bartending skills? No, because no. I actually never, the, they asked me, the owner needed a, a bartender. I was not planning to bartend. I really didn't even, was in my plans, but he uh -huh. just asked me to do it. Yeah. And, and the you know, when he asked me to go, he's like, you come dressed in shorts and like a, like a, <laughs> a shirt. And I was like, no, I won't do it. Like, he's like, well, so I just went as myself yeah. and... I was myself and I was a little, I'm a little bit more reserved when yeah. I don't know somebody. Okay. And that became apparently very interesting because people wanted to buy drinks for me. What Just because I was more in the back. It's yeah. Like, no, I want the like drinks who's from that, her. The mysterious girl. Why are you so quiet? Why are this? <laughs> and that worked. Just yeah. being myself. That's pretty cool. That was good. So that worked out? Mm hmm Okay. So yeah. then you, had, how, long, how long did you do that for? A little bit. Like yeah. probably less than a year. And right. I, it wasn't never, or months, it wasn't ever really in my plans to continue. Okay, okay. But that con adds to my story because okay. from there is where I met my previous husband. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, yes, he was playing in a band and then we met and cool. that story started. <laughs> <laughs> that story started. <laughs> I'm over here telling you, my. do you have to give me either off here or on here? You have to tell me a story because I, I was telling you my relationship stories before yeah. before I hit record over here. <laughs> One thing I can tell you before I go into that story is that I went to audition once for, you know, the, the voice, the show? Yeah. But I went to the one for Mexico. Oh, okay. Voice. And it's interesting because um, when I went, I decided to audition singing Selena songs. That was the oh, first wow. time because it was super outside of my comfort zone. I'd rather have my guitar and something slow. Yeah. And I actually made it really... Really? Like, you advanced? Like, yeah. So you went to Mexico to in front well, of how I many? Didn't, well, I didn't go. I advanced in that edition, which meant because uh -huh. they it's super quick. Like you go in and you're just in a room like in an office because they have so many people and you just yeah. sit there. So it's like quicker. And you sing 
the first song, if they don't like it right away, you leave. You're there less than 10 seconds. Like and we American waited 13 Idol? hours. Yeah. Where they get all, they stop you and. Oh, yeah. So you but, went to the second round? So that is just with like a random person that kind of sees if you're good or not. Okay, at, okay. at least a little like bit. A screening, or really bad. Screener. Yeah. yeah, like a screening process. Okay. And then if you pass, you go to the second one, which, which is where you're actually filmed. Oh, okay. And is that in front of an audience or just some I, more? In front of judges, like okay. American Idol kind right, of thing. Right, 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 right. And they ask you questions and they're like, can you sing this type of music? Can you do a hip hop song? I can do Jewel and Goth. That's yeah. it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's all. Um, so yeah, I did that and it was cool. That's pretty cool. Okay. So there was that. You meet your husband. Okay. Did you want to talk about how did you get into, or, or, or if you think, if you can think of something else or another milestone, you know, interrupt me, but how did you get into, I guess the more serious about the meditation part of it? Well, like I and, had, you know, all the other services and stuff. Like I had shared with you, um, I, I was always interested in it since I was very young. Even when I was 15 and going through all of that that I told you, mm -hmm. if I had money, I would rather spend my money on books regarding meditation, spirituality, personal growth. Like, that's my thing. Like, I love buying books. Awesome. So I start since I was young, I started to, like, kind of bathe my mind with a lot of knowledge. Mm -hmm. But knowledge is different than actual practice. So um, actually, I didn't get serious, serious into meditation until like six, seven years ago, okay. which is when I got divorced from my husband. Oh, okay. You know, if we kind of <laughs> go through that whole story. Yeah. Um, and I realized it's usually through our darkest times that you really jump into facing and using techniques or things to help you go through yeah, things. Yeah, definitely. So I really, that's when I met my meditation master. My wow. meditation master, Mahavajra, he lives in Canada. And he was going to have a uh, seminar here in El Paso. Wow. And it's exactly when I was going through all of that. Um, and I went and it, I really started to just practice. Like the last, all of the, the last six, seven years of my life have been completely dedicated to that, which is why I have so much passion to sharing yeah. it. Everything that I teach and everything I share with my clients and my students, I personally have practiced it myself. And That's I why I wanted it. to have you on the show too. Because uh, for the listeners that don't know, I, I've been to one of your classes and yeah, I definitely that kind of sealed the deal for me as far as like pursuing you to get you on the show because I could I could sense your passion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you you can tell right away that you know what you're talking about. So, yeah. so you met him there. Did how does that work? You stay in touch with him or how? Does oh that... well, actually, I skipped one part. I started. Okay. I went with him because I met uh, my first. Well, my in this case, after the 15 year old teacher when I was 15 year old and I found that teacher yes. my first more serious meditation teacher her name is Shanti Boom and I met her um, she offered she was you know such a great opening her home and she started teaching my friends and myself thanks to one of our friends meditation at her house mm -hmm. she already studied with my master so she's the one that invited oh. me a couple of months later with my master he only comes here once or twice a year Mm. but um, he's the, the, the one that founded the Mahashriya Buddhist tradition. So to tell you a little bit about that, the Mahashriya is a Sanskrit word. Sans, um, I mean, Sanskrit is a very old sacred language, so you really mm -hmm. don't use it just to have conversation, to chat. It's more of like it has a deep um, meaning to help you connect with a state of being. Okay. But anyway, so that's what for a lot of mantras, when you hear a mantra in Buddhism uh, or things like that in Buddhism, it's usually in Sanskrit. Okay. So... Mahashriya means the great field, which is the feeling if you're standing in the middle of an open field, the feeling is a freedom. So then the Mahashriya, we actually learn, even though it's registered as a Buddhist tradition, we actually uh, learn from five traditions, which is Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, um, Kabbalah, and the practice of emotional integration. So the reason why I'm saying this is because we believe that it's all like you have to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing is to have your freedom. You know, in the Mahashriya, there's two rules. Number one, freedom is absolute. Number two, there are no rules. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. so it's as simple as that. Because if you don't have your freedom, you're never going to be able to really evolve. Is that discover. like, it sounds like Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> First rule is that there is no fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, go ahead. No, no. So, yeah. So, so I started to learn and there's so much. And more than learning, I started to practice. Meditation is simply you connecting with yourself okay and meditation is not only to use it to flee from your life because a lot of people and i've met people that tell me i like to meditate so i can actually completely separate from my life because i hate what i'm going through i like to teach people to use meditation to embrace all the stuff that's happening in okay. your life can you so, describe that or can you go into more detail how do you how do you embrace that it usually comes down to embracing the pain and embracing the emotions because most of us human beings 
we have two things. We love to move away from pain mm, okay. and go into an experience that is pleasurable. Mm. So all of us human beings, when we were born, we started to experience emotions and eventually experiences that creating pain and nobody taught us how to deal with them. Mm-hmm. So each one of us is actually doing the best we can to deal with life. Yeah. But some of us become defensive and we're like, I don't feel anything. I'm fine. <laughs> and some other of us become afraid and needy. And there's nothing wrong with how people are. It's, it's their way and their mechanism to deal with life and pain and the way they're dealing with emotions. But because nobody teaches us how to do it, and because we live in a culture where it's not that cool to feel emotions, nobody wants to talk about it, yeah. um, people don't want to deal with it. But that's what's preventing us. Like when you want yeah. to do something in life, it's usually fear that stops you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Doubt, that makes sense. rejection. Mm-hmm. I'm the second one. I'm afraid and needy. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> yeah, this is just a little for the listeners. A little, little uh, fun fact. <laughs> I'm a huge wuss. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, but you're right. People develop these. They don't want to seem weak, so they don't want to admit even to their own selves a lot of times that that they're afraid or. But you know what's the thing? At least in my per- perception, my perspective. Mm-hmm. People that acknowledge their emotions and their pain, that is true power. To me, power yeah. is not money. I don't care how much money you have mm-hmm. or how much um, anything, you know, how much you're um, successful in your business or whatever it can be. If you don't acknowledge what's truly happening within mm-hmm. you, you're not being honest, you know? So when I see somebody that allows themselves to be vulnerable, to me, that's power. If you have the power to face yourself. I guess I'm very powerful. I, I just said I'm afraid and needy. I'm a huge, I'm emo as heck. See, people that know me don't know that side of me, but I'm saying it right now, guys. But don't take advantage of me, guys. Don't use uh, don't use it against me, because you know. But but it's true. No, yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little bit. Uh, I'm not as strong as I as I put out there as I portray myself to be. But great. Okay, so can we talk? Keep talking about that, or how yeah. how, how deep can you go? Let's go as deep as you went uh, that day that you had that class. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the different types of I guess meditation and, and things of that nature. Yes. So one of the things, like I told you, that we that our master teaches is and we teach now is emotional integration. Emotional integration simply means that to go within to face emotions. And a lot of the practices of emotional integration almost came from like even the practice of martial artists, Mm -hmm. because martial artists can train their body to be perfectly, um, you know, in control of their body and trained really, really hard. But if they're not masters of their emotions, then they can be weak. Like we Mm. talked about in front of their opponent, because if you are, your body's in perfect shape, you have trained a lot, but when you're with your opponent, fear arises and you don't know how to manage fear or your pride awakens or your anger, then you're suddenly at a disadvantage. So they were trained to sit down and they had to observe and um, face their emotions until they can master them. The only way you can master an emotion is to sit there and face it and actually feel it, not face it and fight it. You know how people say, Fight your fear, destroy your fear. Like if it's a monster, no, it's just another emotion. It's never going to go away. You can only master it. But as long as you're alive, you're going to have emotions. That's true. So, so yeah, so that's part of it. So learning, we teach a lot of people to learn how to manage those emotions. And it's part of when you said earlier, like, how did you like move past being embarrassed of talking in Mm, front of people or things like that? I mean, I kind of went away with time. But part of it is that I practice this as well. If I let my shame have power over me or my fear, then I automatically limit myself. That's and true. I really believe in pushing, you know, the limits. Yeah, the boundaries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So at what point, okay, so you were studying under this gentleman and then is there any other highlights or milestones yeah. with that relationship that you can talk about? Yeah, actually, which Did you, I didn't, I uh-huh. didn't touch into first. Um, so part of what we do is the meditation and my training on meditation. I'm actually an ordained acharya from the Mahashriya Buddhist tradition, which okay. means um, I'm an ordained priest and an ordained acharya, which means kind of like a vi- bishop would be the tradition, the uh-huh. the translation. Um, and that's my training on meditation. But I actually also went to school with a school, um, the name is Southwest Institute of Healing Arts, and it's a private school in Arizona. It's all about holistic healing. So that's where I got my degree in holistic health with a focus in mind and body transformational psychology. Mm. And with that, I began certified as a life coach, as a hypnotherapist in holistic nutrition and, and things like that. So I was doing kind of both of these things at the same time, oh, okay, okay. which built together my skills and later that's when we opened the the studio. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know? 
Great. Okay. So let's talk about the studio then. Um, can you talk about the different services you offer, things like that, any other information you want to offer? And as far as the, uh, the services that you offer, if you can you know, go into detail on each one too, just so people get yes. a really good idea about it. Um, well, of course, we have meditation. And okay. one thing that I do want to mention is that our meditation classes here are donation-based. Okay. We really believe that a lot of people in El Paso are still not um, knowledgeable really on what meditation is. So we want to offer people the opportunity to come and experience the classes um, and be able to do a donation-based. Even if they're unable to donate, they're still welcome to come. So we always have weekly meditation classes. But the services, the one-on-one services that um, I offer, one of them is hypnotherapy. Okay. And with hypnotherapy, that's one of the things I work with the VA, I've worked with a UTEP, and I like to really educate people about it. Because with hypnotherapy, everybody, we all think, and myself included, when I learned, when I first heard about it, the first thing that comes to mind is what you see on TV. They're going to make <laughs> yeah, me bark. They're going to make me do something <laughs> the crazy. Comedians, yeah, the yeah. hypnotist comedians. And in reality, it's a very powerful way to help um, kind of reprogram your subconscious mind. Our okay. subconscious mind is kind of like the neutral mind. It's neither positive or negative. If you put in there, I hate myself, then you begin <laughs> to believe it. If you yeah. put there, I love myself, you begin to believe it. It helps to monitor the temperature in our body. It's very neutral. But a lot of the time, all of what your subconscious mind hears is what you're telling it. And your language is already screwed just to save from everything that you've gone through in life. Yes. So when you go with a hypnotherapist, they help you to work through some of those limited beliefs or things that are truly limiting you. I work with a lot of people that have anxiety and depression and things that are a little bit more, uh, even some of our soldiers with PTSD mm. um, and things like that. So hypnosis. And one thing that I like to say, most of the time you're... When you do hypnosis, you're aware of what's happening. You really know what's happening around you. I always tell my clients, if the building, God forbid, would catch fire, you would get up and run. You know, like you're aware of everything. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I offer is the emotional integration, which okay. is kind of what I explained to you. But I guide people one-on-one -on -one to go there and face the emotions. And wow. a lot of people don't like to do that, you know? Oh, yeah. Because they got to, I guess, come face-to-face -face with yeah. a lot of internal stuff, huh? yeah. Um, yeah, that holds them back. And what's some of the kind of the more interesting experiences that you've had with uh, a customer or a patient, or what would you call that, a patient? Or yeah, I call them clients. Clients, okay. Mm -hmm. So what's one of the some of the more interesting experiences you've had with clients? Well, you know, I've I don't know. To be honest with you, I just have dealt with a lot, a lot of different things, but most of it. Um, it's just a lot of serious stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's not fun answer for this because it's, you know, people that are dealing Let's with Let's get pain, serious for a second. <laughs> you know, like I wish I had like a super fun story, but no, no, it doesn't have to be fun, but I like, make it a, if you have a, if you don't mind sharing a, a serious story. Mm, well, I can just talk in general, you know, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I cannot talk in you know, specifics, yeah, but in general, just to give you an idea of, I mean, besides just people that are trying to work through their anxiety, through their, um, through their fears. There's also a lot of people that I work with with phobias, you know, mm -hmm. even fears of tornadoes or things like that that are, are not even happening in our city. Wow. But it's a fear that it's so intense that people are limited in their lives, um, working with people that are afraid to swallow, Wow. you know, things that are kind of serious. Weird things, yeah. And they're already dealing with it. Some, some, a lot of people, because what I do is also a form of complementary therapy. It means that if you're already seeing your therapist or receiving any kind of traditional therapy or even taking medication then this can be a compliment. One thing I can tell you about medita medication is that a lot of people assume that because we're trying to t uh, do all the natural stuff, we're against it. And one thing I can tell you, at least about my personal opinion, is that there's nothing wrong to take medication if you need it. Mm -hmm. There's not a taboo. There, a lot of people feel that it is. They feel ashamed to say if they're taking yeah. antidepressants or uh, something for anxiety. But as long as you're really doing it the ways that it, you're supposed to, it can be a stepping stone to your next thing. One time I did have a client where she couldn't stop crying. So wow. first it's like, well, she's expressing and releasing, but session after session, she couldn't stop. Like we wow. couldn't have a conversation because uh, there was such a, an imbalance in the chemicals in her brain that she couldn't do anything but cry. Wow. So at that point, after during our second session, I said, it's more important for you to go see back to your doctor because actually her doctor had referred her to me. And after she went into some medication, she was stable enough to mm -hmm. have a conversation okay. so we could work through things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I just wanted to mention that because there's no, nothing bad. Because some people will, might assume because you're doing holistic 
healing and, and meditation that you might be against it, mm -hmm. but you're, you want to make it clear that you're yeah. not against it. No, no, no. If I see it as a as a stepping so it stone, could be a tool. To, mm -hmm, as a tool. I forgot to turn my phone. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners. The Facebook Messenger bell went off, <laughs> and I usually have like a little reminder on my notes, and I totally ignored it today. Really? So for whoever that is, Who I'll, is I'll get it? back to you. What was know. it? Do, do, should should <laughs> now we, we see who it know. is? Yeah. If I can share, I will share. Let me see. <laughs> oh, no, it's just some little event. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, no, I can't share this one. Okay. <laughs> can you post a picture? <laughs> Maybe. <just> <laughs> Maybe later. Um, awesome. Okay. Um, so fears, a lot of it's phobias. Because I have like a, a fear of unicorns. Can you help me with that? Or No, no I'm just kidding. Well, maybe. <laughs> you know what? I have a weird fear and people don't believe me because uh, I joke around a lot. So they think I'm joking around about everything. So that's kind of like the bad part about joking around all the time. But like, it's not that bad. I've learned to deal with it. But when I'm driving, like just driving in general, like out of nowhere, like I'll get anxiety because I start <laughs> thinking that my the wheels are going to fly off my car and I'm just going to die in some crazy fiery car crash. Or if I'm on the freeway in, on a, in a big city, because I'm already used to El Paso, but but even some parts of El Paso still scare me. But if I'm in a big city and the highways are really high and there's five lanes, I freak out. Like I can't. It's hard for me to drive. I have to like really breathe a lot, and like nobody believes that I have that phobia. So I I have something. And that's like, I'm, a I'm, very I'm, real thing. Yeah, I, I just feel like the car's just gonna come yeah. undone and I'm just gonna <laughs> die. Like I ain't learned how to drive till like I was 19 or something or 18, 19. Me too. Yeah, because I was I was afraid I'd crash or something like that. And even when I bought my first car, I still didn't fully know how to drive. But, you know, I kind of forced myself to do it. But, uh, but again, like we talked about personal development and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to come see you about the driving. <laughs> that, no, that, that, actually, that's my exact same story. Really? I got a car when I was 18, and I didn't know how to drive. Yeah. Um, and I was a little bit afraid of driving myself. But this fear that you have is very common. Yeah. And most people can manage it because it's very specific to just those moments. But imagine feeling like that. For real all the time uh, yeah. it can be very draining and then for things that in your mind you know like it makes no sense you yeah. know it's not gonna happen not, but it still feels it's real. not rational but it's it's real to that person it's like the fear of flying yeah for a lot of people that's very intense i had a little bit of that before but i, I overcame it but when there's you know when there's uh turbulence like oh, <laughs> it comes back real quick there's yeah. people I've, you can even hear them in the plane that have it worse than than i do uh when there's turbulence they'll like yeah. still yell like oh like yeah. but loud and it's like okay that person's that person's worse than me <laughs> but yeah fears okay so that's like a big one phobias mm -hmm. okay so and what are some of the weirder ones i know you mentioned some of them but i don't even want to um, say the word weird but i mean some of the yeah. more uncommon ones i guess are it's mainly i think the most uncommon ones is really regarding the the different types of phobias because Everything else, it's really with a lot of people that are dealing with life, uh -huh. you know, dealing with their emotions, dealing with people that are dealing with anger. Um, or how about people dwelling on things that haven't even happened, like creating scenarios in your mind, worst case scenarios and creating, you know what I mean? Because yes. I even have that. Which like, is what, what causes if, anxiety yeah, many times. Well, that's, where I, you know, that's what happens to me where I'll, I'll maybe it's about just different aspects of my life where I'm like, what if this person and I bump into that person or this, what if this person tells this person that and then, and then I make it like a hundred times worse in my head than what it is. And it, it never even comes to fruition. Like that worst case scenario never even comes close to happening, but I'll freak out about it in my own mind. You know what I mean? Do you get a lot of that or no? Yes. Yeah. And that is the part why when I do my, when I work with my clients, I usually start with five sessions. Um, we, we, um, mix together the hypnosis with the emotional integration because mm -hmm. this scenario that you just told talked about <clears throat> is more of the emotional things. You, mm -hmm. It feels like it's all mental, like what if this, what if that? But when you begin to say, what if just the random example you use, what if somebody tells somebody this? What's happening there is that there's an emotion of fear mm -hmm. and underneath that there might be an emotion of rejection. Like I don't want to be rejected or I don't want my yeah. image to be affected or people to think things about me or whatever. That the makes excuse. sense. So emotions have a lot to do with what's going on mentally. So that's why I really like to involve both and make okay. it more of a holistic approach. The life coaching, for instance, is more of setting goals because mm -hmm. we can work all we want on the mind and the emotions. But if we're not moving in action, then nothing's going to change in our life. So I like to use all of them to make kind of like a, like oh, the program that I use to work with the mind, work with the emotions and make them move in action. Okay. Everything else, you know, working with people that have a hard time moving past their relationship. 
dealing with death of loved ones. Yeah. Like I said, it's kind of serious yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, it's pretty, pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing down the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. And okay, so like the life coaching aspect of it, how does that work? If somebody wanted That's that more of service. the motivation, motivation and also working with limited beliefs more through different techniques. One thing that I can tell you on one of the trips I recently took is to go see Tony Robbins. Do you know who oh, okay. Tony yeah, Robbins? Yeah, of course, yeah. absolutely. Uh-huh. I love Anthony Robbins. And I got the opportunity to go to his event um it's the the one called unleash the power within and i can yeah, tell you I've heard of wow it, yeah. i mean i don't not that i want to make a promo for it but yes everybody should yeah go. no it's yeah, awesome yeah. i like it's all awesome. that stuff i'm into all that stuff but yeah. uh okay so you, you attended that in person yeah it's it, yeah it was ten thousand people oh my goodness. it was a lot of people how much are the tickets 200 300 bucks or oh a thousand a thousand bucks yeah so is it like a but it's like a few days long or is it it's four days it's four okay so four it's kind of like a workshop the first day oh yeah the first day it was 14 hours and mm-hmm. Tony um, was on stage for the 14 hours. Oh, wow. He never left. He's insane. You know, he was on there. He never ate. He never drank <laughs> water. He never did any. Maybe they would bring him like a little glass and he would sip. It's amazing. He said, have you ever seen his documentary? No, not the documentary. There's a document. Just you videos. Watch it. It. Yeah. yeah. Is it on Netflix? And I, only I do Netflix. And I think you're going to cry. And I want to Probably. Know I cry do. for yeah. everything. Okay. Good. I can't even like, I'll watch the notebook. I'll cry. Yeah. Another movie, Hardball, I'll cry. You're going to cry. The, <laughs> the first five minutes, it's him talking to this guy who wants to kill himself. And oh it's goodness. very intense, but very powerful. And it's called I Am Not Your Guru. So okay. anybody that has Netflix that wants to watch it, I Am Not Your oh, so Guru. So it is on Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. Oh, awesome. In that case, yeah. it'll be on, I'll click on my list. And when I saw him there, I was like, because I, lo- I love what he says. And he's mm-hmm. really motivational for those people that don't know him. He's He's been working on the field of like motivation, helping people for like, 40 years yeah. working with presidents people like really famous people but I, when I saw the documentary you really feel his energy and his power and that's when I said I have to go to one of his events Yeah. and I went with expectations and it was like two, 20 times better Wow. it was amazing uh, yeah I mean for things like that what people don't understand and not that I'm like I'm gonna you know help them understand but they think they'll see the thousand dollar prize tag or even just to buy a book that's gonna help you a lot of people just think, oh, well, what for? I'm not going to spend money on that. But you have to realize it's an investment in, in yourself. So, mm-hmm. you know, if people can get over that. $1,000. Oh. Like you, a lot of uh, people, you know, go to school, organized type school uh, universities, and they won't hesitate to go into debt tens of, tens of thousands of dollars, but you won't. You know, this guy obviously has a reputation of being and I can uh, tell you an expert in that field. I mean, $1,000 for four days. Yeah. It's worth it. And because that's what he teaches. He teaches yeah. people to really create a new standard. If you continue to limit yourself regarding your beliefs about money and about other things, you're never going to get out of what the environment that you're at. You know how they say that you are the average of the five people you hang yes, around absolutely. with? Yes, absolutely. I was actually uh, sharing that expression mm-hmm. with uh, my coworker just two days ago. And it's so true. Absolutely. It's very, very true. And the people that you see at that event, like the energy and the people there, there's very successful people because they keep pushing themselves to the next mm-hmm. level. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's not about, you're never going to, you know, I, I don't, I feel like you don't ever reach your, your top. You're, you're, it's, it's a lifelong journey. So it's, you're constantly improving on yourself, but also kind of also as, as an example, I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, she she reached out to me. Uh, I haven't talked to her in years, and and uh, she's telling me she's having, she they, they she started having problems in her marriage. And I'm like, have you guys done counseling? And she's like, counseling? What do you mean? It's only been like a month that we like. It's not just for when you, things go wrong. It's you can use it as a tune-up. Exactly. So again, you have these highly successful people still going to Tony Robbins or whatever other you know similar uh, seminars and, and and books and things like because that's you don't just. You don't reach a level of expertise. You want to stay sharp, you yeah. know, keep, you know, adding grease to those wheels. Uh, again, have these tune-ups, if you will. Um, but a lot of people kind of just want to get to the good part, and, and and it's not like that. I don't believe that it's that way. It's that that's kind of a, a short-term mentality. But, yeah, that's kind of cool that there's all these highly successful people at these seminars, too. Yeah, yeah he always says that. Success means living your life in your own terms, but that means sometimes having to change what limits you. A lot of people think things like, I can never make more money than my parents, or mm-hmm. it's so hard to, to create money. So so spending $1,000 seems like a lot, a lot, a lot. And sometimes it is, even as you're working. For me, something that I had to budget and plan, but to yeah. me it was worth it. 
when we were at, at, at the event, I'm going to share this with you because I found it powerful. Please. He was talking about Robin Williams, like 10,000 people. And he said, who in this room knows who Robin Williams was? And, you know, everybody yeah. raised their hand. And he was talking about how he was such a successful man. He wanted to become an actor. He started acting. Mm -hmm. He wanted his own TV show. And he got his own TV show when he just started. He wanted to start creating movies. And he started to create very successful, you know, comedy movies. He wanted to have a family. He got married, got a family. He wanted to win an Oscar. And he didn't just win an Oscar. He won an Oscar for drama, even yeah, though he was so known for comedy. comedy. Uh -huh. He had a lot of money. He had what a lot of people would say he was successful. Money, fame, family. And then Tony Robbins got the microphone, put it really close to his mouth. And he said really loud. And he fucking killed himself. Oh, wow. And you can feel Potty the vibration. Mouth. Yeah. Yeah, he says a lot of bad words. I don't know if I can say bad words. Of course. Here, yeah. um, of course you fucking can. Yeah, okay, perfect. So, yeah, he uses that. And he also explained it because he likes to create um, an impact. And when you use yeah. bad words for a lot of people, it shakes them. But the vibration of the, what the words he said, the way he said it, with his intensity, with 10,000 people in this huge you know, place, it felt so deep. And mm -hmm. he did that because he wanted us to feel like, Success is not just what you have. He's teaching people, and not only him, many other things. You don't have to go with him. Yeah, you find things that work for you, but it's to work with what's going on inside your mind, your emotions, how mm -hmm. you're dealing with that. A lot of people only deal with the outside, money, things, relationships, and what about what's going inside. And that's what, for a lot of people, true success is. You, have, you know, it doesn't make you just successful to have things. There you go, guys. So watch that documentary for starters. Yeah. He's got a pretty cool YouTube page as well. And again, there's a mm -hmm. tons of resources, just like you said, uh, whatever works for you. But yeah. again, you want it to be something of something of quality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the meditation studio. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Let's talk about some of your travels. You, it seems like you, according to your Facebook, you've been to some interesting places. Yes. Can you talk about um, some of that and some of the adventures and the reason why you went out there and things like that? Yes, I started to travel more actually because of the meditation. So okay. I wanted, my, like I said, my master, he, or my meditation teacher, he lives in Canada. So he gives seminars here in, in the U.S. only in El Paso. And then um, in Spain, in Denmark, in Mexico, um, in Canada, and I think in France sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so... That's one of the reasons why I travel. So a lot of where I travel more often is in Mexico. Like okay. I've been to Chiapas. I've been to different places in Mexico just either um, to support other teachers, to learn more, or sometimes to even give classes. Okay. So whatever it is um, regarding that. But recently, I actually went to a 16-day meditation boot camp in Denmark. Wow. wow. And that was my first time going to Denmark. And it's so beautiful. Even just being in that country feels so different, like the peace mm -hmm. of mind. Um, and it was so great. We stayed in this house. You can only imagine it's this house in the middle of nature. So beautiful. It's huge with the most amazing, beautiful family. Wow. And um, for like around 40 people stayed there. And we all sh stayed wow. there uh, and shared. Like a mansion or? Well, not necessarily like a really mansion. big house. Well, the land and they own it. It's a lot of it, but the house okay. is big, and then it has different areas where a lot of people would sleep. Oh, okay. Would sleep. Um, and they were sharing with us that if you need something from your neighbors, like if you need something to cut your, I don't know, your garden or whatever you're gonna do, you can just go to their house and actually just take it and oh, use wow. it and put it back. And everybody said peace with it because everybody does that. Yeah. Or like my friend uh, shared with me that one of the girls from Denmark once was like somebody asked why they didn't have like. The detectors when you leave a store to make sure you didn't steal anything and yeah. for them they were like for what because over there there's such different. a low crime not like, here in everything's the states. so different yeah you um, can't borrow you can't just go in and borrow something here here in yeah, the yeah. in the Don't states <laughs> you'll get shot <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. and then what uh, can you talk about the boot camp uh, some more in more detail mm, yeah <laughs> so it was it was really really nice to i had never traveled over there i actually first went to spain and then i traveled to denmark um, and that boot camp itself, it was to immerse yourself completely in the experience of the meditations that our master was teaching then. And the cool thing is that you really, especially if you're around nature, it's so much easier to connect. Because here, even when we have um, seminars and when he comes um, out of, from out of town, like after the workshop or you leave the seminar or the hotel and you go into traffic. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? It's a harder. Crazy, noisy world. It was very powerful. And one of the main teachings that he taught then is a lot of techniques to actually face 
our nature, the things in life that just push us. You know, sometimes it's not just mental decisions. Like with anger, we don't wake up one day and just go like, you know what, I'm going to get angry today. What a great <laughs> idea. I think it's like a day for anger. We don't do that. It's an accumulation of things inside. Uh, somebody comes and tells you that one comment or somebody comes and cuts you off in the freeway and you explode in rage. Yeah. It's an, something within us. Like nature moves. It's We're still responsible of what we do, but it's not a conscious choice. So it was a lot of facing those that deep stuff. So it's kind of deep. Um, yeah. You know, and, we, like and it's 16 days. We're there with people from all around the world. It was amazing. Wow. And one thing I can tell you was 40 people or maybe... We, in between 30, 25, 30 that we were sharing only two bathrooms. Oh, wow. And there was never any issues. Wow. Because everybody was in such a peaceful state that people would, you know, arrange their time to make sure. Maybe I waited like two or three times like in line. Yeah. And that's it. Like it was so such a peace, peaceful experience. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's crazy. Two bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. So any any other travel stories you want to share or where else have you been? Or is that the main one that's like the furthest away from here? Yeah. Denmark's yeah, pretty... Yeah, Denmark. And then How long was that flight? It was... Well, I flew from here, here to Spain. And then from Denmark, from Spain to Denmark, Denmark okay. to Spain and back here. But it was 12 hours, I think. It's not too bad, but it's still... Yeah, it's a... But it seems shorter. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Any turbulence? <laughs> Any yes. scary? <laughs> <laughs> but Man. the planes are really big. Yeah. Oh, and wow, they wow. have a lot of movies and games. Like in the, yeah, everybody <laughs> oh, the gets display. their little TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, great. Uh, let's see. What else can we talk about here? Um, I saw. Can you can you break down? Because I was looking at your Facebook. Can you break down the whole I am? Yeah. That's only that to me. That's Bible, but I guess it may show up in different places. Well, it, it kind of comes from the Bible. The idea that of Jesus saying "I am that I am," and it's declaring that you are one. This is my personal perspective okay. of it. You are one with everything. Mm -hmm. Not only in a religious way, like I am one with the creator, one with God, but actually everything. Because to me, everything comes from the same thing. And I find that I am are very powerful words. So I always love that. That's one of the first books that I ever bought in meditation was called The I Am Presence or something like oh, that. Wow. So it was always something that I enjoyed. And I believe that whatever you put after the words I am, you're declaring it as a truth. Oh, okay. um, so when I even, my website is www.iamluciana. And it's not just because I want everything <laughs> to be about me, but it is like that because um, to me, the concept of I am, it's kind of like I am on its own concept. Like I kind of imagine like a, inside a circle, okay. declaring the, the unity between everything and then just me. I'm doing what I can to kind of share that. So I always use that because it's part yeah. of my business, <laughs> the that way that sense. I promote. It's like your like your personal slogan, I guess, mm -hmm. motto kind of ties into everything else. Yes. Cool, cool. Okay. And then I read a, a, a quote on there too on your Facebook page. So I want to see if you can give us a breakdown of that. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll read it. Let's see here. What allows us to be enlightened is what prevents us from ascension. And yes. that's from Maha, is that the your your spiritual teacher? Yeah, Mahavajra. Vajra, okay. What allows us to be enlightened is what prevents us, prevents us from ascension. And in many ways, what that means, it goes back to the same thing. And it's, it might sound a little confusing. In the teachings of the Buddha, to give you an idea, you know, we, learn, we hear a lot of, of, uh, about enlightenment from the teachings of the Buddha. The Buddha was, he really um, <clears throat> believed in non-distinction. What that means is, in order to discover that there is no pain in life and no suffering, first you have to face that there is suffering. So there is suffering in life. And when you allow yourself to go deep and face your suffering and you're there, you begin to realize as it begins to dissolve, there is no suffering. It was just an experience in life. Mm. And that um, allows you facing everything that goes that happens in life is what allows you to eventually get to a place of being enlightened. But the difference between being enlightened, an enlightened being is just somebody that has awakened to the truth mm -hmm. where they have welcomed a lot of joy in their life, like in a place where they don't see any more separation. They see a lot of unity in everything. They're in a place of joy. They're connected. It's not only like a, a master, you yeah. know, like a lot of people can actually reach enlightenment. It's different. From ascension, and it's different from being yeah, completely accomplished. That's what I wanted to ask you about, the difference between ascension and... Okay. Ascension um, is more a master, and this is where it may get controversial for people, because 
even though I grew up Catholic and I really prayed to Jesus and I believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. I really believe that he was not the only one master okay. in this world. You know, I also believe that, for instance, Buddha and there have been others. Um, and when you ascend, it means that you have completely accomplished yourself and being one with the divine, that you're able to take your your body. We could say you don't longer need your body and you go back to that unity. Mm. <laughs> and I don't know how much <laughs> that makes sense to people. but It makes but sense. Yes. It makes sense. But enlightenment, if, so when you read that it's facing your suffering, eventually takes you to a place of enlightenment. But at the same time, if you stay stuck in there, because um, to, to get to an ascension, you have to really let go of all of identity, even the identity of believing that there is no suffering. You let go of everything to be able to to ascend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a, you chose yeah. a, a kind of like a deep, complicated one. Yeah, that was but, the point. Okay. <laughs> Good. So come to the, for further information, come to the meditation studio, guys. <laughs> but there's a lot of people that are enlightened. Yeah. And I feel that people have that, in my personal opinion, sometimes the definition of enlightenment wrong. Because okay. So, so there's some masters there and it's there's a difference. And one thing I do want to say, okay, if you're looking for a meditation teacher or master or of any kind or, you know, what, any kind of teacher. Yes, look for, uh, for their education, for where they have learned and things like that, but also observe their behavior. Observe if they're in a place of virtue when they act with others. How do they treat others? That's one of the things that I admire the most about my meditation master, the way he treats the waiter, the way he does little things. He's in a place of virtue. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of masters, meditation masters in this world, in Indian and in different places, not all of them, but a lot that are enlightened. So they do have a lot of strength and power. And they're um, they're not fully accomplished yet, but they are enlightened, but they're not in virtue. Oh, okay. So in many ways, sometimes they're still taking advantage of people or taking advantage it's like of people's the, money. The force you have the light side and the dark side. Mm-hmm. You can be enlightened, but you could be Darth Vader. Exactly, exactly, right? and that's good to know <laughs> because then people begin to put it all in the in, in, in the same, and it's not. Or even uh, I don't know if it's organized or you know the traditional Muslim, but but here in the states, you know through hip hop music, I learned about. Uh, kind of more the American version of a lot of uh, like the nation of Islam. And, and uh, there was a speech, I think it was Farrakhan. He was breaking down uh, the 5%, the poor righteous teachers. You had the 10% who are also enlightened, but they use it kind of more for for evil or just ignoring the, the poor righteous teacher side of it. Then you have 85% is the rest of the, the masses that kind of just follow whatever. So mm-hmm. point being the 5%, which are the good ones, for lack of a better word, and then you have the tempers. They're, they're all enlightened, but one of them is in virtue, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. and then the other ten, those ten percenters, as we call them, they're whatever the opposite of virtue is. They're, so and that's why. So are, you kind of see it pop up in different religions, is what I'm saying. Also, they are not completely accomplished or ascended or an avatar, because mm-hmm. that's another one. Oh, yeah. The avatar yeah. is more of when somebody is completely in a state of divinity in their body, like Jesus okay. was. That's why you know when they said that. People could feel Jesus' presence like if he was 30 miles away because mm. his energy was so strong. So, so yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and it is, it is said, but we don't know. Who knows? Yeah. That the Dalai Lama, Dalai Lama is an avatar. Oh, yeah? Because, yeah. That, that's what, what uh, break down what avatar means. Like I said, avatar is being completely accomplished okay. and divine in your, in, in your physical body. Because, okay, let's go back to explaining what an ascension is. Yeah. It's somebody that completely becomes one with divinity mm-hmm. and want completely, um, and I don't even know if that makes sense, but I'm just going to say it like that. One with divinity, one sure. with the creator, and they leave their body. They no longer leave their bo- need their body. Sometimes they take their body with them, mm-hmm. like Jesus de- okay. did or other masters. Now, if you're an avatar, you do that, but then you make your flesh also divine in in, wow. in many ways. Okay. So, in many ways, Jesus was also an avatar before he... So you can be divine and still be mm-hmm. of this earth, so mm-hmm. to speak, and stay within your, mm-hmm. your flesh. And also um, Krishna from the Hindu traditions. Okay. But, yeah, so that's what about the Dalai, Dal- Dalai Lama. So that was, and that was... he's very simple. And yeah. a lot of, sometimes, the more simple, the more in truth that they are. Because there's not, nothing to defend and there's nothing to prove. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes sense. Awesome. Okay, so let's see. We're kind of getting to the end here, but I definitely want to, just for the listeners, if you can kind of share with us, maybe some of, uh, besides coming to the awesome meditation studio, 
what are maybe some good books or maybe favorite authors or books to kind of on these topics that maybe some of the listeners can read or just, you know, just talking about your, from your perspective? Well, one of the books that really kind of opened my mind to a lot of a lot of this in a very simple way is The Power of Now mm, and The I New love that Earth. Book. That's by, one of my yeah, favorite books. Ed Tolle. Yeah, yeah, both of them are. You can read it and read it and mm-hmm. read it. And you it know, always not to interrupt brings... you, but I, I actually bought the audio version because oh, really? it's actually him reading it and he's got this cool accent. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I like the audio version more. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah, Power of Now. The Power of Now. Check so that's out. that's one the one that I would really recommend just because it really teaches about almost... In, its, in his own way, a lot of what I'm saying, because he teaches about being present. Mm-hmm. And if you're really present, then he teaches you to embrace whatever awakens. Um, and that's the part of the emotional integration. There's a great book also about that called Whatever Arises, Love That by Matt Can. Mm. And it's also in a way um, teaching emotional integration. Great. And for those people that want to learn more even about emotional integration or my master his name is Vaj- maha vajra can you spell that for the it's, listeners please yeah, it's maha m a h a and then vajra it's v as in victor a r j r a well v a j r a yeah i think i typed it out here yeah so m a h a space v a j r a yeah awesome cool cool all right so is there anything else you want to share with us before we kind of get into the last stage mm-hmm. here? Well, I guess Any... the last thing I would say, just to the listeners, is uh-huh. that um, to really open up to learning a lot about new information, anything that they could be considered a little bit different or new, to just give it a chance. Because mm-hmm. one, that's even if it's not this, but just to open up to learning new things. Because I was, you know, in many ways also kind of close-minded to a lot of things until I experienced it. You never know what is the one thing that you really need that maybe is available and you have it's close to you, but you ha- just because it's different, you don't allow yourself to try it. Like to really kind of step outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Give yourself permission to be vulnerable and try new things. This or whatever else. That makes sense. All right. Great. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So we'll go ahead and start to wrap it up here again. Thank you once again for allowing us to do this, especially coming into your studio. I usually have people come out to mind, but I just thought it'd be cool to do it here. Yeah. So, and again, yeah, it's a, actually is a different vibe, but more peaceful because the other studio is a little more, a little grimier and not in a bad way. It's in a good way, but it's good. <laughs> it's good to have that, you know, that contrast uh, with the different episodes that we do here. And again, like I said, I, I like having variety. So again, this is going to be good for me for the podcast, but also educational, hopefully to the listeners. Uh, besides that, can you maybe give some plugs or just promote, just give us some information? How can people find you social media wise? If you can talk about the different outlets, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever else you use. And then on top of that, you know, the meditation studio, the, some of the classes, the information schedule, just some of the highlights, uh, the address, mm-hmm. things like that. So um, to find on my website, like I said, it's www.iamlucianalucianna.com. And there I have all the information about the classes that I teach, the workshops that I teach, um, and my services. And then you can contact me. But I invite everybody because I'm very open to add people on Facebook. So if you want to add me, Luciana Garcia. Um, and I would invite people to like the, med- the Meditation Studio on Facebook. There we also post everything. We have also the website, www.themeditationstudio.org. Okay. Um, and with the classes right now... We have two days of Spanish classes and actually one day of English. So every Monday at 7 p.m. we have a Spanish class. And every Thursday at 6 p.m. we have a Spanish class. And then in English, I teach the English class every Tuesday at 6 p.m. So if anybody has questions, if anybody wants to come and meet me, say hi, or just come experience the class every Tuesday at 6 p.m., we suggest a $10 donation. Mm -hmm. But because it's donation, it means you can give whatever you want. Awesome. Awesome. Some great information there. All right. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I'll just give some shout outs some thank yous. Uh, first and foremost to the listeners, guys, uh, those who are loyal listeners, especially, and you're listening to every episode, no matter who the guest is, you know, that's a big compliment to me and, and I appreciate the support. So if you like what you hear, also do me a huge favor and share it with somebody, whether it be on Facebook or word of mouth or whatever other social media outlet. Um, 
If you can just go ahead and share that with somebody, guys, I really appreciate it. Maybe leave a comment or a rating on, on the various platforms. Again, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. Those are the two pages I promote the most. But there's also a, oh, obviously SoundCloud. That's that's mainly where I house it. So those three platforms are, are where you can mostly find me. Uh, again, so just keep sharing it. I also started a YouTube page. There's not a lot of content on there yet. I'm using that for highlight clips and things like that of past episodes. But again, if you can subscribe to my channel whenever you get a chance, just look up Sweet Jesus Radio on YouTube and, and you'll find it. And besides that, did you, did you have any shout outs you want to give, Luciana? Or any <laughs> thank yous? No, or I just like want to say thank you for having me and thank you for the listeners. Um, I really appreciate it. Awesome, really awesome. Do. All right, guys. Well, this is Sweet Jesus Radio. Thank you for playing. Sweet Jesus Radio. <laughs>